19 Lawsuits and Counting. Hi, I'm your host, Drew Wilson. Welcome to the eighth episode of the FreezeNet Official Podcast for June 2019. Here are your top three headlines. Data breach at AMCA goes from 200,000 to a nuclear mess in the span of two weeks. Coming in at number two, Germany and the UK join the war on encryption, but civil society fights back. Finally, at number three, U.S. files 17 additional charges against Julian Assange, torpedoing the talking point that this case is only about a hacking charge. It started out as an isolated data breach affecting 200,000 patients. Then the story ballooned to epic proportions. Subsequently, an investigation turned up the fact that the breach took place from August 1, 2018 to March 30, 2019. That's a total of about eight months the completely undetected intrusion took place. We were able to pick up the story when Quest Diagnostics, one of the medical labs affected, admitted that their information had been breached. In all, 12 million patients had their personal information compromised. From there, we learned about LabCorp also suffering from the data breach. In all, 7.7 million patients were also compromised. As more labs stepped forward, we learned that the source of the data breach came from AMCA. AMCA is a medical debt collecting company. While we still don't know the extent of how big the breach wound up being, the number of patients compromised topped 20 million, 100 times the initial estimate. Other labs impacted by the breach include Bioreference Laboratories, an Opca Health subsidiary, CareCentrix, and Sunrise Laboratories. Financial information is among the compromised data. Naturally, it didn't take long for litigation to be filed. Morgan & Morgan filed a class action lawsuit against AMCA and the affected labs. The lawsuit is seeking $5 million in damages. Shortly after we learned of the lawsuit, AMCA made another move. The debt collecting company at the center of the breach declared Chapter 11 bankruptcy. They cite a cascade of events leading up to the decision. Not only did they get hit with the data breach and subsequent litigation, but also suffer from the loss of their business as labs quickly began terminating their contracts. In light of all this, they said that they are no longer confident in their ability to stay afloat. As such, they filed for creditor protection in a New York court. While we were reporting on all those fast-moving developments, it seems that lawyers got busy. The number of class action lawsuits against AMCA and the various connected labs climbed to a whopping 19. This over top of US government lawmakers probing and contemplating investigations of their own. Certainly not that often we see a story spiral that far out of control. While it sounds like all this probably took place over the course of several months, this story clocked in at a mere two weeks. Incredible stuff there. Meanwhile, the war on encryption has been ramping up this month. After Australia passed anti-encryption laws last year, it seems that other countries are jumping on board as well. Germany is mauling laws that would require encrypted messaging apps like WhatsApp to provide plain text logs of all their communications to authorities. Of course, messaging apps like WhatsApp feature end-to-end encryption. As such, it would require backdoor access to be implemented. This weakens the service's encryption as a result. Meanwhile, the UK is proposing their own anti-encryption laws. The proposal is coming from notorious spy organization, the GCHQ. British top spooks are proposing a so-called ghost protocol. The idea is that spies would be able to access all encrypted communications as a silent third party. The proposal was blasted across civil society. 
In an open letter signed by more than 50 companies, civil organizations, and security experts, they demand that GCHQ abandon this idea. Instead, the organizations and experts are calling on the GCHQ to focus on strengthening privacy rights and security. The letter further says, The overwhelming majority of users rely on their confidence in reputable providers to perform authentication functions and verify that the participants in a conversation are the people they think they are and only those people. The GCHQ's ghost proposal completely undermines this trust relationship and the authentication process. Back in Germany, Firefox developer Mozilla is calling on Germany to abandon its attack on security. The letter says, in the cornerstones of German crypto politics in 1999, the then federal government agreed on a principle that became known under the maxim security through encryption and security despite encryption. The letter further says the BMI, Federal Ministry of the Interior, proposal counteracts 20 years of successful crypto policy in Germany. WikiLeaks co-founder Julian Assange is once again in the news this month. As you already know, Assange was arrested at the Ecuador embassy. That was the result of a regime change in Ecuador who took a massive loan from the U.S. Critics say that the loan was made in exchange for revoking Assange's political asylum. As a result of the apparent American action, Assange was hauled in front of a British judge. According to WikiLeaks, the judge exceeded the court's authority and handed down a 50-week prison sentence for the comparatively small crime of skipping bail. American authorities then applied to have Assange extradited. Those authorities used the cover of simply saying that this is about Assange encouraging a failed hacking attempt. Now that talking point has been completely destroyed after U.S. authorities filed an additional 17 charges. Among the new charges are conspiracy to obtain information, unauthorized obtaining of State Department cables, and unauthorized disclosure of various state documents. The Electronic Frontier blasts the developments. The organization states, Make no mistake, this is not just about Assange or WikiLeaks. This is a threat to all journalism and the public interest. The organization further said, The century-old tradition that the Espionage Act not be used against journalistic activities has now been broken. Seventeen new charges were filed yesterday against WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. These new charges make clear that he is being prosecuted for basic journalistic tasks, including being openly available to receive leaked information, expressing interest in publishing information regarding certain otherwise secret operations of government, and then disseminating newsworthy information to the public. Quite the dramatic month this month here on FreezeNet. Here are some of the other stories making news this month. Facebook is facing even further controversy this month. A fake video appeared on the social networking site. The video features U.S. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi appearing drunk and slurring her words. The video was quickly debunked after comparing it to verified footage. As it turned out, the people behind the video slowed the video down and raised the pitch to make the video sound authentic. The video was subsequently shared by high-profile members of the Trump administration. Facebook was then notified of the issue amidst growing calls for the network to take the video down. In response, Facebook simply flagged the video and decreased its visibility on the network. Critics blasted the network for profiting off a fake video instead of removing it. USISPs faced some controversy over their handling of personal information. 
bounty hunter Matthew Marr allegedly contacted ISPs and politely asked for their live GPS coordinates of various people. The ISPs, in response, simply handed it to him after he told them that he is working for authorities. Eventually, someone did catch on to the fact that he was obtaining such sensitive information with a single phone call, no questions asked. Marr has since been hauled into court and is facing a number of charges, including obtaining, quote, confidential phone record information by making false and fraudulent statements and representations, unquote. Either way, the news is no doubt unnerving to anyone who has dealt with stalking or harassment. Europe's general data protection regulation is continuing to pay dividends to users. In the UK, data breach notifications have quadrupled in the country. The information was released by the UK's Information Commissioner's Office. From April of 2017 to April 2018, they received 3,311 reports. Then, from May 2018 to June 2019, they received 14,072 breach notifications. Security experts were asked if they are seeing any change in the breaches going around lately. They responded by saying that they aren't seeing anything out of the ordinary. As such, this suggests that there is a dramatic increase in awareness over security incidences. Staying in the UK, the British spy agency, the GCHQ, has made news this month in another way. Maker of Firefox, Mozilla, is building a more encrypted web browsing experience. The effort is known as DOH. It is also known as DNS over HTTPS encryption. The GCHQ has issued a warning against the developers, saying that such encryption would interfere in their spying operations. They said that the added layer of privacy would have, quote, unintended consequences, unquote, for future investigations. The Electronic Frontier Foundation has referred the Ola Bini case to the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights. Bini was arrested for the crimes of possessing instruction manuals and USB sticks in Ecuador. He was subsequently accused of attempting to undermine democracy as a Russian hacker. The EFF points out that Bini is neither Russian nor a hacker. In a submission, the EFF tells the United Nations that the Bini case is a big example of how vague so-called cybersecurity laws can throw innocent people in jail. Bini has now spent more than two months in prison without charge. Australia's anti-encryption laws have made news this month as well. The laws are known as the Assistance and Access Act. Education institutes are now fearing that budding computer scientists will start steering clear of higher levels of computer science education. They blame the Assistance and Access Act because students could rightfully fear government could figuratively be peering over their shoulders as they work on new and innovative projects. Europe's data retention laws have once again made news. With so much legal uncertainty surrounding the laws, lawmakers aren't indicating which way they are taking the laws next for the time being. For those who are less familiar with this long-standing controversy, here's a quick primer. The data retention law story has been around since 2006. The idea is that ISPs on the continent would be legally obliged to store all logs for a period of up to 24 months. That way, law enforcement can access the data to investigate people as they see fit. By 2010, legal pushback started to become overwhelming as some started suggesting that these laws violate Europe's right to reasonable expectation to privacy. Digital Rights Ireland launched a lawsuit to show that these laws are, in fact, illegal. By 2014, Digital Rights Ireland won in the European Court of Justice and the laws were effectively deemed unlawful.
Europe responded by saying that they would, quote, monitor different states. Europe Digital Rights point out that not a single case was brought forward against a member state. Still, they point out that this activity is probably illegal at this stage. This latest delay means that the legal uncertainty will continue to persist. Large data breaches and leaks outside of the AMCA meltdown also made news this month here on FreezeNet. Digital design website Canva was hit with a data breach. Over 139 million accounts were compromised. For 61 million users, the data was hashed using Bcrypt. Users are urged to change their login credentials. News aggregator service Flipboard has suffered two separate data breaches. In all, 150 million accounts have been potentially compromised. Users who have had their password changed since 2012 had their information hashed by Bcrypt. However, users' passwords that haven't been changed before that year have had their information stored in the weaker SHA-1 encryption. Either way, users are encouraged to change their login credentials. Fortune 500 real estate company First American has suffered from a data leak. In all, 885 million records have been exposed. The data included social security numbers, bank accounts numbers, statements, and other pieces of personal information. The information was available to anyone with a web browser and no authentication was required to access the data. A Washington-based security researcher contacted the company, but got little to no response. The researcher then contacted Krebs on Security, who confirmed the leaking of information. After someone from the website contacted the firm, the site was taken offline for a so-called design defect. That defect likely involved the ability to change numbers on a URL to access other files. Marriott Hotels is making news on this front again. This time, their parent company suffered from a data leak. In all, 85.4 gigabytes of security information was exposed. The U.S. Customs and Border Protection was hit with a data breach. License plate information, facial recognition, and other pieces of information was exposed. While the governmental organization said that fewer than 100,000 travelers were impacted, earlier reports suggested that 65,000 files were compromised. This includes Excel spreadsheets, compressed archives, and video. The archive reportedly weighed in at hundreds of gigabytes. Emulation website EmuParadise also got hit with a data breach. In all, 1.1 million forum accounts were compromised. The information was encrypted, but users are encouraged to change the login credentials. In 2018, EmuParadise stopped offering ROMs following a legal threat from Nintendo. Finally, Citrix is facing a class action lawsuit after the company suffered from a data breach. Employee information was exposed after hackers obtained intermittent access between October 2018 to March 2019. Among other things, the lawsuit, quote, seeks to recover damages, equitable relief, including injunctive relief, to prevent the reoccurrence of the data breach and resulting injury, restitution, disgorgement, reasonable costs and attorney's fees, and all other remedies this court deems proper, unquote. Certainly another busy month here on FreezeNet. Now, let's turn to entertainment. Here are the video games we reviewed this month. First, we tried Desert Falcon for the Atari 7800. A half-decent game, though elevation can be difficult to work with. Generous amounts of free lives, though the graphics are hit and miss. In the end, this game gets a 70%. Next up, we tried Space Dungeon for the Atari 5200. Good interface, level, and reward systems. Unfortunately, clunky controls and enemy spawn systems hold this game back. 
Still, this game gets a solid 72%. After that, we tried Duke Nukem Zero Hour for the Nintendo 64. Nice arsenal of weapons, variety, and level size. Jumping, however, is a bit awkward and the lack of a checkpoint system does hamper play somewhat. Still, this game gets a great 80%. Finally, we tried Gremlins for the Atari 5200. Good difficulty curve and nicely done animation sequences for players and enemies. Sadly, a clunky primary attack system and very primitive level design does hamper quality of this game. This game gets a solid 70%. As for music we've listened to, we've got... DJ Khaled, I'm the One, featuring Justin Bieber, Quavo, Chance the Rapper, Lil Wayne. New Kids on the Block, Never Let You Go. Lange, featuring Tracy Carmen, Happiness Happening, Lange 2009 mix. Mike Shiver versus Matthias Latola, Nana, original mix. Pearl Jam, Jeremy. E-Dancer, Pump the Move. Le Mystère, Opus 303. And finally, Mental Generation, Slam, Shakes Revenge. So that leads us to our pick of the month. This month, our pick of the month belongs to Duke Nukem Zero Hour for the Nintendo 64. And in other news... It was thought that it would remain a mystery forever. A hotel safe sitting in a museum has stumped locksmiths and former employees. No one knew how to get into it for the better part of 40 years. The mystery came to a surprise end when a machinist from Alberta just randomly spun the dial and happened to guess the combination. <laughs> the surprise tour guide wedged the door open in the event that this was a one-time fluke. The contents of the safe, unfortunately, were less than thrilling. The documents about the final days of the hotel as well as forgotten 1977 payslip showing an employee earning a whopping $9 in change for four and a half hours of work. Either way, quite the lucky guess. <laughs> EA wound up in the news once again discussing loot boxes in video games. The controversial practice of buying things with random in-game items have been likened to gambling by both gamers and regulators alike. EA Vice President of Legal and Governmental Affairs, Kerry Hopkins, said that the company isn't selling loot boxes. Instead, they're selling surprise mechanics instead. <laughs> Hopkins said that the surprise mechanics are more like Kinder Eggs or Hatchimals or LOL Surprise. There, that makes this controversy all better now. <laughs> there is a rather interesting legal issue in King County. Governmental lawyers have racked up $27,604.93 spread across 176 billable hours. The menace they're trying to put behind bars? A cat named Miska. Apparently, the feline has been doing cat things like trespassing and eating other people's tiny pets. Commenting on the case, Miska's attorney, John Zimmerman, said, It is quite amazing that even trespassing humans don't get as much prosecution in King County as Miska. One can only imagine what prosecutors are saying. I spent Five years pressing all kinds of charges against it. One day I'll get a charge to stick on that cat. <laughs> Some Utah police officers were left red-faced after they got stuck in an elevator. So, one officer called 911. 
Of course, that 911 call didn't have to go very far because the elevator they were stuck in was located at the 911 call center that would receive their call. <laughs> the transcript of the call pretty much speaks for its amusing self. 911, what is your emergency? This is the police. Yes, sir, this is the police. What's the nature of your emergency? No, this is the police. Correct again, sir. How can we help you? No, this is literally the police. We're calling you from an elevator. We seem to have put too many humans onto this thrill ride, and now we're stuck. Sir, did I hear that right? You are stuck in an elevator, and you need help getting out? That's correct, ma'am. Copy. What's the address of the building? Uh, that's the thing. See, it's this building. The one you're currently in, ma'am. Sir, did I copy you're stuck in the elevator of our own public safety building? Yes, ma'am, and we need help getting out. This is not a drill. I repeat, this is not a drill. Copy that, sir. We are sending the fire department over to rescue you. <laughs> As it turns out, a video shot by the fire department made it onto Facebook as the officers were ushered out one at a time. All involved appear to find the situation quite hilarious. <laughs> Before we close out today's show, we've got a sizable announcement to make. We've published an eight-part beginner's guide to Adobe Illustrator. After the guide, you'll be able to produce basic graphics and logos for whatever project you want to work on. Among other things, we discuss calligraphy, clipping masks, outlines, strokes, and even the difference between raster and vector images. We hope you find the information in that guide useful. Also, shout out to Nolan for providing mixing and recording services. His efforts really do help me out a lot. If you'd like to get your hands on some behind-the-scenes stuff, exclusive content, and early access material, you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash freeznet. Through this, you can make FreezeNet just that much better, all the while getting some pretty cool stuff in the process. That's patreon.com slash freeznet. And that's this month's episode for June 2019. I'm Drew Wilson for FreezeNet. Be sure to check out our website at freeznet.ca for all the latest news and reviews. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at FreezeNetCA. Thank you for listening, and see you next month.